Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Risk Cheese Radio Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Schmidt, and your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. As always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's going on, my friend? Schmidt, we made it to the big 5-0. I know, man. 5-0. Two weeks from a year now. Two weeks. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. Yeah, crazy. Uh, it's been a good week. Uh, had a good week at work. Obviously kicked off some fun stuff we'll talk about in a moment, but so far so good. How about yourself? You know, everything's been been good. Um, ramping up for the, the newest addition to our family coming here shortly. So Wild. that's going to be uh, a big deal. So work's getting a little slammed and crazy, but, uh, you know, we're, we're taking it one step at a time, getting the last little bit of stuff done that we can. So yeah, get, we're excited. Get- Get ready for that, because once it gets to two on two, you're at even strength, and it's a little more uh, of a challenge there to I, cover the field. Everyone, that's what everyone says, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, as we do on the show, there have been some new releases of late, and I know one that you are dying to talk about, oh, because yeah. it was the talk of the town this week. We have a new X33 Speedmaster. The new Mars Timer is going to be an amazing watch. I mean, this is a new addition to the Speedmaster family. And it's going to do so many more cool things than the older version could ever do. So the previous version that's now, I guess, considered Gen 3, this will be Gen 4, was the Skywalker. This is now the Mars Timer. Um, so an incredible watch and now will be able to track Martian time as it's relating to Earth time. So for those of you who don't know why this watch was created, uh, basically um, scientists from the ESA were looking for a way to do science experiments on the Martian surface and still track everything because there is a difference of time by about 39 minutes and 35 seconds between time on Mars and time on Earth. So as a way to make things simpler, they approached Omega about making a a new timepiece to track all this. And so the Mars timer was born. So this watch is going to allow you to track both basically Earth time and Martian time at the same time, cycle between those things, and introduce an entirely new complication that I've never seen before on one of these watches called the Solar Compass. This is probably the one thing I want to see the most on this watch, but it allows you to track to north on both Earth and Mars because Mars doesn't have any poles. So there's no magnetic fields to pull a compass needle around to tell you what true north is. So the only way that you can do this, I guess, is through solar and how it is positioned against the sun, as far as I understand. But this watch will be able to do it on both planets. Um, which is going to be really exciting to see. So um, I don't know when they start hitting stores, but it looks to be very cool. And for those who haven't seen, it has almost like a rusty red bezel on it. Yeah, so it's uh, it's kind of an interesting technology. According to Omega, it's a process that they utilized before on the, uh, the 007 No Time to Die watch, which is going to kind of frame exactly what we're talking about here today. But uh, it's a process called oxalic anodization. And it allows them to create a unique color that's basically a harder anodized coating. It's typically, from what I understand, two to three times harder than standard coatings. But it is a unique color. Gives it kind of that rusty Martian surface look. Um, and I think it's very cool to put on a watch like this. So I'm excited to see it. I have two questions. One is going to be, is this going to be nicknamed like the Matt Damon for the Martian? And <laughs> then number cool. two is how do we... There have to be some sort of time zones on Mars, right? Is there going to be some sort of a way to track some super complication to track multiple time zones on another planet eventually? I mean, as far as I understand from the features of this watch, you'll be able to track 
Martian Time Coordinated or MTC, which is basically UTC here on Earth, Universal yeah, Time Coordinated. Yeah, I think it's like Mean Time or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Solar time. So it's, it's it's basically Greenwich time, right? It's the new approved vernacular. UTC is now approved vernacular for GMT, what people used yes. to call, right? But they have an MTC, which is Martian time coordinated, and then there'll be an MT1 and MT2. So you'll be able to set two additional different time references on the Martian surface as well to track all at the same time. I don't know exactly how you figure this out and how you make those complications or calculations in this watch, but apparently it's so advanced that the older movement that was in the Skywalker literally could not process it. So they had to design an entirely new movement. Okay. So I'm pumped as if you couldn't tell as I knew you'd be. So I was like, let me, let me let him take that one in. <laughs> uh, speaking of things that come from space, Zodiac dropped a meteorite dial, super seawolf, pretty cool watches.com collab. So sick. It looks yeah, right. real cool. I think it's a 182 piece limited comes in just under two grand Jubilee or orange tropic. Both look pretty good. It has orange accents, uh, pretty cool kind of gray meteorite dial, matte gray bezel. And uh, I believe it's coded DLC in gray as well. So they really wanted to accentuate okay. that, that dial. They really didn't make the rest of the watch too flashy. Yeah. But I think it looks cool. You know, again, it's a it's an LE and it's a pretty small LE. But if you're into meteorite, it's like a pretty reasonable price to get in at, right? I think only like oh, Zelos yeah. does that that cheap. Exactly. Yeah, Zelos. I mean, the next step up, I mean, you're looking at Omega, but that's like gray side of the moon, Daytona. Yeah, you're up there. JLC, you're getting up there. It's especially this type of meteorite. I had to double check which one they're using, but from what I can tell, it looks like it's the Gibeon meteorite from Africa because of the striations. It's kind of what I see. But uh, but I could be wrong. So uh, I, I forgot. I, I saw it earlier. It's some very long word that looked very hard to pronounce. Well, there's <laughs> well, there's basically what they're referring to is probably the Winman Staten pattern, which is the actual like striations. Like some scientist who was German discovered this that if you acid etch certain types of meteorites, it will create this striated pattern. And his last name was Winman Staten. So there you go. Um, that's usually the name that people are talking about. But the actual meteorite itself, I think, is probably the Gibeon meteorite which crashed roughly about 4 billion years old in Namibia, Africa. Okay. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Uh, Fact check me. Yeah. Last little bit of housekeeping before we get moving here. Uh, the Nomos giveaway is live. So if you are interested in that, hit that up. It's pinned to the front of my page. I believe Nomos is going to put their own little post about it out maybe tomorrow, the next day, but either way, mm. uh, you know, thanks everybody for pitching in. Uh, had a good first day. Really pleased with where it's going and just the whole effort in general. Thanks a lot. Uh, keep an eye out for the strap habit straps coming in either this coming week or the next. And uh, yeah, just been a great effort overall. Just a big thanks to everybody. I'm going to stop beating everyone over the head with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's amazing, man. It's really cool to see it. Yeah. So just wanted to get that out there. And uh, yeah, moving on, as you alluded to earlier, there is a bit of a theme to this episode. Uh, I don't know if everybody knows this, but coming up on October 5th is going to be the 60th anniversary of James Bond's screen debut. And with that in mind, we actually have not one guest tonight, but two. Uh, a pod mashup, if you will. Uh, so we have with us the Blunt Instruments podcast, and that's our friend Lorenzo, who you might remember from the connery sub episode 
at Omega Bond Watches and his good buddy, Luke, who is at Bond's apartment, in case you were wondering. But from there, I will let them take it. Uh, guys, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your pod? So, Go guys, ahead, guy. thanks for <laughs> thanks for having me back on, guys, uh, bro and Schmidt. It's great to be back. Uh, love what you guys have been doing, but uh, a little bit about myself. I run the Omega Bond Watches Instagram account. I have a YouTube it has like four videos that have no watches in them. And <laughs> uh, no, it's just my channel is basically what it says it is. It focuses on the, the screen worn versions of the Omega Bond, Bond watches. So that's kind of my bag. That's what I do. Um, I don't like to call myself an expert, but I definitely know a lot about them. Um, and yeah, that's kind of like what I do. And then I share a podcast with my good friend Luke here. Um, who also has a different channel. Uh, our, I mean, I'll let him go ahead and talk about our podcast. I think you're an expert. I think you're a watch oh, expert. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Luke from Bond's apartment. Thanks for having me, boys. It's good to hang out with you. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, my uh, my page is just kind of all-encompassing Bond. When I when I started, I thought Bond's apartment, because you know, in, in the UK, they call them flats or apartments, even if you own it. And then everybody thought it was like interior decorating, which it's just absolutely not. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah. So then from their YouTube channel, um, I've been focusing on that a lot. And then, of course, like Lorenzo said, the Blunt Instruments podcast, which is, um, you know, everything Bond, a little bit Mission Impossible as of late, a little bit Top yeah. Gun, a little bit. How, how could it not be, right? How could it that's not right. be? That's right. But yeah, that's that's a little bit about us, fellas. And merch. Right, both oh, of you God. guys just launched. Merch yeah, stores, you can't right? say you don't focus on the house things because you do have a Luke throw pillow for the yeah, couch. But that was made as a joke because uh, <laughs> it's available. It started, it started in two two things. I'm going to send each one of you fellows one, and then my niece just started college, so she's going to get one in her apartment shortly, nice. and she doesn't know about that either. What am I chop liver? What am I going to put between me and my wife in bed? I just told you, I'm sending one to you. Oh, I thought you were sending it to them. Wouldn't be the first time you and I were in bed, bed together. It won't be the last. We're not bringing that story onto this podcast. <laughs> no. No. no <laughs> we're already going to go downhill. Like no. It's going to be fun. It's gonna I be haven't fun. finished my first drink yet. And we're, we're already talking about the trip to Newtown, Pennsylvania. Yeah. <laughs> A trip that will live in infamy. Oh, yeah. But for, for those who sort of don't know, the the Bond lifestyle is a it, it's a thing, right? It's, it's like almost a, like a pop culture relevant phenomenon, right? Let oh, me yeah. quote, quote my partner here. It's very underground. But it's true, though. It's shockingly underground for a franchise that's been around, like you guys said, 60 years. And it's, you know, movies that have made not only billions of dollars. I mean, you've got a few that have made billions on their own. Skyfall, yeah. Spectre, yeah. things like that. Um, it, it, is, it is oddly underground. I think it's underground because we're stateside, the four of us. Yeah. So okay. it's a little yeah. more... You know, it's, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, that kind of dominates the franchises here in the States. But um, yeah, I mean, even just getting started doing my Instagram account, you know, there's people that are strictly Bond Instagrammers and YouTubers with 50, 60,000 followers on each one of those platforms. So it's kind of, it's kind of its own animal. I think a lot of people, what they like to do is, is they associate fandom with like, you know, being a Trekkie or, you know, being a Star Wars nut or something sure. like that. And I, I think like when someone hears, oh, you're a James Bond fan, what does that mean? They immediately 
associate your fandom how these other franchises are and the reality is it's i i don't know like luke correct me if i'm wrong i find it very different the way mm-hmm. um bond fans approach it yeah i mean we had a we whole had a whole episode in our podcast that i think sums it up quite nicely and it's just an episode on bond mannerisms and i think the biggest thing we pull from him aside from the lifestyle the clothes the watches the cars the locations is how to carry yourself you know what i mean i mean at the end of the day even though he's an assassin he's also a, a gentleman sure yeah maybe absolutely. more back in the in some of the older films but i think that's you know opening the door for somebody pouring the pouring the water at the table for everybody before yourself little things like that kind of things that Lorenzo and I and company really extract from this character. It's cool. Well, I'm like Dan Rather right now. <laughs> well, I, I only found out about it from when I, I met, I'll use quotations, but met Lorenzo and I started looking at his thing. I was like, wow, this is actually like a, a real thing. This is, mm-hmm. like, people are into this. And, and oh, I yeah. think as you oh, said, yeah. it's probably much more prevalent overseas. I know yeah. the sophistication level in this country is kind of tanked. Uh, mm-hmm. That's for another day, but I, I can understand why it would be more popular over there. I mean, there's not much going on here in the movies either, mm. at least in the, the more recent ones. But uh, hey, we still got Top Gun. That's, that's all that matters. That's <laughs> all <laughs> that matters. Right. Aviators right. and mustaches is all you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Hell yeah. But with uh, that, I think speaking of, we were talking about this before the show, the No Time to Die, the Daniel Craig war went for how much recently? $219,000, I think, the screen-worn one. So if yeah. that doesn't show you that someone out there cares. <laughs> right. I can't imagine that was the starting bid. So. Someone made no, a tax write-off. Really I actually bad. think I watched it. I watched that section live, and I'm pretty sure it was either this one or they auctioned off a bow tie signed by Daniel Craig from each film. And it was either the watch or that where the auctioneer turned to like his partner and said, what do you think we should start it at? And he kind of went like, I don't know, 14,000. And he turns and he goes, we'll start it at 4,000. And then within a split second, it was up to like 25,000. And he turns and he goes, see, that's how that works. And then <laughs> if it is that, that's astronomical. I mean, as you guys are, of course, aware, the only thing I think of when I hear auctioning a watch for that absurd amount of money is Paul Newman's Daytona. Oh, yeah, for sure. So for sure. not quite the same price range, but still kind of nuts yeah i mean we're talking about a a fictional character mm-hmm. in a multi-million dollar franchise movie billion dollars you know when you add up everything together like multi-billions of dollars but one person right and right. it's just and it's i mean what's fr- what's interesting about this launch is you can buy one in mm-hmm. a store today and it's exactly the same but mm. it doesn't have the cachet that it was worn by daniel craig Uh-oh. using all these different locations all Rose these different places and i am you know i mean that's why these watches <clears throat> go for what they do you know what i mean like so it's it's a watch that you can certainly purchase in a store but it's not going to be the same as the one that was worn by dc that's for mm-hmm. sure mm-hmm. i mean i think if you're paying that kind of loot for a watch of that magnitude. You want all the Daniel Craig wrist cheese you can get. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, it came in a it came in a pretty bomb little little case too. 
but here was the wild thing is i saw some i saw some people i follow that actually were able to go to like the pre-auction like you know you go in you get to look at the the stuff beforehand and they were letting people try it on wow whoa i'm like that would actually honestly if i had that kind of coin i would kind of hinder me from wanting to buy it anymore well i mean and i forget which one which film it was i think it was probably casino because you wore the 45.5 millimeter planet ocean casino Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, rubber strap, yeah, on the rubber strap, right? Exactly. So I think, if I remember correctly, there was a his watch. There's he's in that scene where he's like running through, climbing on all the buildings and jumping everything. He ends up in the embassy, right? And he's killing mm-hmm. everybody. Um, I remember that watch went for auction like years ago, and it still had the red like dirt. Yeah, oh, the clay, into, yeah. yeah, yeah, the clay. It was like embedded into the bezel and on the strap and the grooves of the strap and everything. And that's how they sold it, like mm-hmm. exactly like it was, you know, relinquished from Daniel Craig, placed on the prop table, and then like we're gonna auction this. Yeah, you know what I mean. So the fact that they let just random people try this on is kind of like it's almost. I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I really am, but I mean, oh, I saw I, someone yeah. trying it on, and they were there, and that had the V1 bracelet on it. And I mean, there's no way to really distinguish if it was the one he was wearing unless you see like the marking on the back. Yeah, you know, so I don't know if it was the actual one or if it was their personal one, but V1 bracelets on that watch are, you know, they're pretty rare, I would say. Yeah, for sure. So seeing him wearing it with a like and taking this photograph right there, and I looked and I saw the pillow down there. So I was like, mm, did he really try that on? And I was just kind of like, oh, this is wild. It's like that guy's probably not employed anymore. Depends. Who was it? Do we trust this guy or is it just a, is it a big fat liar? Who was it? I don't know. I got to go back and gaslight him. They probably (laughs) witch hunt. (laughs) No, I, I, I don't know, but it's just like the one they sold like three, I don't know. Was it two movies ago? The, uh, the one that Daniel Craig wore at the beginning of Skyfall, the custom made planet ocean made out of grade five titanium. Now that's a piece I would be like dying down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a one off. That's a one off custom, you know, you're not buying that at the store. Yeah. Yeah. As they, as they call in, in Switzerland, a piece unique. Yeah. Let me ask you guys, in, in No Time to Die, he, Q puts that little um, EMP thing on the back of that No Time to Die. If they were to sell the watch with that on it, do you think that would make it more valuable or less? Maybe uh, it's like a removable piece. Like the actual yeah. used in the film? Yeah. I think it would be cool to, to sell it as an accessory to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hello, like it just Omega. put it, make it special case and have it sitting there. And if well, you really want to be fancy, you can throw well, it. Well, I mean, if Omega is ever listening to this and you sell that as a separate accessory for Bond collectors, I think it, you would sell them 100%. Oh, you're saying like at Omega.com or something? I mean, why not? Like mass produce. I mean, what? I mean, how many thousands of these watches have they sold? Schmidt, you're you're flicking a big nerve on me right now. I don't like it. I'm like ready to punch my screen right now. Why? <laughs> you look a little red, and I can't tell. Why are you I'm being just screen or- because I 1,000 percent agree with you. I I don't know why they don't do these things, and you know it's you know it's not my place to say who makes these decisions, but it's like hello, yeah. give the people what they want. Yeah, Quote, well, Jeremy Price. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe, maybe Lorenzo, you'll have some more influence and 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 get be, get brands like Omega to finally start listening to a little bit more stuff and and get it out there. 
Oh, they don't want to listen to me. <laughs> hey, you never know who listens to the podcast. That's for sure. That's for sure. Trust me. We found that out the hard way. Once we <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> That's a story for another time, huh? Yeah. There's a lot of those popping up all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say, I will say, one of the first ones that I ever got was somebody had DM'd us and said, I love your show, but do you have to say the F word so much? And he was like, I, li- I usually listen to it with my son in the car. I was like, well, then Ooh. listen to it without your son in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Bond like it's called man blunt of instruments. You know what I mean? I can't be like, you know what? This really sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, pal. I, I actually tried. I tried for like 15 minutes of an episode. <laughs> it didn't work. It was weird. <laughs> it was very weird. It was a tough. Out of character. Out of character. Tough scene. But so anyway, we are all here today gathered. Uh, to commemorate sort of Bond's 60th anniversary of being on the silver screen. And in that vein, we are going to be playing a little game where we are going to be picking watches for what we're going to call the six uh, Bond personas portrayed on the screen, right? So we have Sean Connery, George Lazenby, Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, Daniel Craig. Yes. Yes. Uh, we, the wrist cheesers, are a little bit more casual than the professionals, so we're going to take uh, a little bit of a backseat here and uh, go one each. The other guys are going to strut their stuff and impress us, and so we're going to kick it off. I guess we'll go in, I guess, chronological order here. We'll start with Mr. Connery. That pleases the court? Yep, that works Perfect. for me. All right. Uh, so that would be me. Uh, so I, I, I will give some warnings first of all i picked more than one because bond wears sports watches and dress watches so he picked more than one because he's prepared for once in his life yeah (laughs) he knows it it i'll leave it all up to luke he knows it's the time uh the other thing is is i stayed on brand so yeah i'm gonna rewrite a little history here because i wanted to and i (laughs) wanted to give those rolex fans out there a little little jab Oh, well, I could. So, oh, <laughs> we're never takes, coming baby. back. We're never Dabu coming topics, back. hot takes coming at you. No, no, let's be clear. I, I have nothing against Rolex, they make fantastic timepieces. It's just that's not my bag. You yeah. know, there's nothing I think I, I'm not saying I won't ever own one. It's just Bond wears Omega, and that's just the way I feel. Anybody about else it. here that's not my bag and just immediately think of Austin Powers? Uh, that's exactly why I said right there. <laughs> Yeah, baby. Lorenzo has a book. Rolexes are just not my bag. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's kind of bond related, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. All good fun, right? Yeah. All right. So for uh Connery, uh obviously I for the sports watch, I wanted something that could, in my opinion, match a sub. So Ooh. I went with a 1958 Omega Seamaster 300 CK2913-3. And I feel like that watch is just ultra iconic when it comes to Omega's dive watches. Um, the the bezel, I love the reverse of how you got the ten at the the ten o'clock marker and you work your way back. Um, it just it, it screams vintage. It's there's a reason why they remade this watch recently. It's just heavily desired, mm-hmm. um, and this is exactly where. I would put Connery in an Omega and how I could see him wearing that. So so sick. That was my first pick. That's, that's an epic pick. 
I'm proud of that. <laughs> I, I mean, that. like, and what's what's cool, and you know, if I could step in here for just a hot second, mm. go ahead. What I love about this is, and and I think we may have touched on this before, but these watches were actually British military issued, even yeah. at that time. Yeah. So a real life James Bond would have actually been wearing something very similar to this. It makes perfect sense. Books or not, historically, it's correct. Yeah. So I love it, especially because they did versions with the law. Yes. And that was the part that really sold it for me was the lollipop. You know, like I was looking at them. I was, you know, so like kind of like thinking like, mm. I mean, let's face it, like, a, a, you know, a vintage sub no date is a very, very tough watch to compete with um, yeah. as far as design notes and styling and all that stuff. And given that Omega had so many pieces around that time that kind of fluctuated in design notes. I just wanted something that I thought was like very classy, but yet had that military tool esque look to it. So that and didn't look like the sub. So I thought this yeah. was the best route to go for Sean, um, as far as picking out a sports watch that he could put on a NATO that would make sense in that situation. Yeah. So cool. See, I'm really proud of this, but I'm also thinking like, wow. So this is what it's like when Lorenzo's done his homework. And now you have no excuse. You have no excuse. This is what I'm Shots saying. This isn't, even me. this isn't even me being mean. That is the perfect pick. I am so proud of that. That was a great pick. I, I I'm not gonna lie, I'm really proud of what I what I picked out, but <laughs> we'll get to them. And I know, and, and this is the funny thing, because these muscles I don't normally get to flex because, you know, we're always talking about Bond and, you know, the mm -hmm. Bond watches. So when I get to, like, go outside, and I must say, like, since I've started my channel, it's the growth of, like, understanding wrist wear and how many other pieces are out there that have been influenced by so many other things. And I just, I love, like, the journey I've gone on. Like, no longer do I, like, look at a, a tuxedo and expect to be putting on a sports watch. Because that's what James Bond does. No, I want a leather strap. I want something 35 millimeters or smaller. And I want I want to go back to the roots of uh, time making and, and what the style was back in the day. So I love the growth and the path I've been on as far as discovering my love for horology. So I love nice. it. And you know what? One of these, by comparison of price to the big crown, can't beat it. So much <laughs> more attainable, so much more affordable. That's and, right. Yeah, it's it's a sweet watch. It, it is on my list to get one. So, you know, um, one thing hopefully. I'll add is, and you touched on it, as from a sartorial aspect, if say you see Sean Connery wearing this and you think, how could I ever possibly get one? And they've and they've remade it. Even in that sense, you're like, okay, it's something that I can somewhat replicate or get my hands on. And I think from a from a bond collector standpoint, I think that's huge. So, yeah, I love it. That was my pick for, for his sports watch. And then for his dress watch, like I said, I'm very like about the leather strap dress, very understated. Um, I went with a 1961 Omega Seamaster DeVille reference number 14765. 3SC. It's a caliber 55, uh, 552. And the reason I went with this model is, is I wanted it to kind of, I didn't want to go for the same notes as the Gruen he had worn in Dr. No, but I definitely wanted to make sure that Omega taste was there. And back at this time, 
Omega Seamaster and DeVille dress watches were, they were the thing. I mean, mm-hmm. Elvis, Draper. One, yeah, John Draper and, you know, Mad Men wore one. And it was predominantly because Omega kind of ran the market on dress watches at that time. It's um, true. It was like their, their forte. So um, Elvis wore one, which I absolutely love the one he wore other than the diamond bezel. Um, but <laughs> his was a collaboration with Tiffany's. Um, his watch and that one actually sold an auction in 2018 for i think 1.4 million dollars so i mean as far as i know that was the highest grossing after you know secondary auction watch ever sold so i was, I was like that's kind of cool so i thought about that and so i love the uh the slimness of the watch just to kind of call it a few stats it's basically a, a gold it's an 18 karat gold watch case and let me pull up my stats here because I had to take them down. Um, it's a 34 and a half millimeter casing. And then, I mean, we're looking at a lug with a 17 to 18 millimeters. So, I mean, very understated. You know, you're going to put it on probably like an alligator strap, black, maybe even a dark brown. And you're going to get like all kinds of like, you know, vintage vibes with this watch. So I thought that instead of the growing um, would just be like another step in like, the upscale for Mr. Connery. So that was my, my second pick for him. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> nah, and you know what the nice part about these is just even the, any of the old 50s, 60s Seamasters, uh, the dress watches, they're, they're still very, very nice bang per buck. Yep. Like you can mm-hmm. get them under a thousand dollars. Yeah which is amazing. I mean, you think you're getting an Omega timepiece that's however old and still runs. And I bet it functions perfectly fine. And you're getting it for under a grand. And these movements are bulletproof. The 500 series movements from Omega are some of the best, most accurate movements ever made by any watch brand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, I remember when, when I used to sell this stuff and you know, the occasional client would bring one of these in and you'd send it off to Switzerland or whatever for the age of the watch, and it comes back, and it looks amazing. And Omega does a really great job doing vintage services. But these watches would come back, and our watchmaker would test them, and they'd be at, like, two seconds a day. You know, several decades old. I mean, we're, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, you know, and just running like a champion. So what a great pick. Fantastic choice. Luke actually has a – what year is yours, Luke? Your vintage? 66. 66 yeah, yeah 66. it was because i was sitting with some freaking guy at your wedding that wore an omega vintage <laughs> and i had to buy one oh, and, and of course that guy's a real piece of work let me tell yeah, you yeah and of course seeing uh lorenzo's you know specter vintage is just something just that that is one where you know of all the watches you have guy that was the one where and you know how you know what it is but it's like that was absurd so Seeing that one and then seeing uh, Schmidt's, I had to I had to snag one of those. Yeah, and that's a watch too, Lorenzo. That I don't think that too many people know that your your three twenty one Seamaster. Yeah, a lot of people don't recognize it, even like unless I like call it out when I post it. A lot of people don't really like it, and I'm sitting there. I'm like, do you like realize how incredible this watch is? It's got. It's got the it's got the classic 321 movement in it. Like this is like the mecca of like movements. <laughs> like mm-hmm. what yeah. 
Like, how oh, are yeah. you impressed by this piece? <laughs> like, like, it's but. it's it's a one for sure. Only watch fam knows. Yeah, well, only the real watch fam knows. If that's you know, that's you know. for sure. <laughs> if you know, you know. That's right. Who's next? I am. So <laughs> let me paint a little picture here, oh, and you guys can hop on me if I'm wrong here. I, I try to do my homework. It's 1969. The movie is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Bond is hunting a gentleman called Blofeld, who I believe they modeled Doctor Evil after. Right. <laughs> if you that look at him, great so far. <laughs> yeah, okay, that is correct. So no, you're spot on, bro. All right, so he's more the, Austin Powers references, right? Yeah, I love it. Keep him coming. So he's, I guess, sort of like the head of Spectre at this point, and he plans to hold the world ransom by compromising the livestock and agriculture for everyone. Right. And he's he apparently he uses women that are enrolled in this whatever allergy study. And he, he uses some sort of an audio hypnosis a la like Manchurian candidate or uh, or Zoolander, if you're more familiar with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Relax, don't do it. Relax, yes, exactly. Don't do it. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so pretty typical action movie, right? It's got avalanches, car chases, I, I believe even a, a drive by at some point. Um, and it mm. features a one off in George Lazenby. Now, he's not many people's favorite Bond, from what I understand. He wears a Submariner. He has a butt chin. <laughs> he does have a butt chin. Right. He, Australian. Yeah, Australian. Australian. He's got a Tom Aussie. Brady caliber butt chin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so apparently, I, 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 was, I was digging into him a little bit because I wanted to know a little bit about this gentleman before I you know, drag him over the coals here <laughs> apparently he got this role by accidentally punching a stuntman and they they saw that as being primal and they were like this is this guy oozes testosterone we, we want him there was a, a direct quote taken that said we wanted someone who oozed sexual assurance and this fellow has that just wait until women see him on screen i'm not saying he's an actor there's a great difference between an actor and a film star and that was straight from albert broccoli Mm-hmm. And now thinking about that, I start thinking about people like The Rock, maybe that aren't necessarily thespians in their their own <laughs> right, but people like to watch them. Right. And I think that was kind of the direction they were going with this one is that this dude's chiseled. He's going to be fun to watch and we'll, we'll let him blow some stuff up and, and see where it goes. Why is my brain going to Vin Diesel right now? Yeah, exactly. What I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm Diesel. Pretty much the I'm entire in, fast, my life a quarter mile. Yeah, the, the entire fast franchise is where I, my mind immediately went. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and so from uh, from all pure accounts that I saw, uh, it seemed like he was a bit of uh, he got a little bit of a, a big head going, I guess, after he he became Bond, and he, he was a bit of a know it all, and I don't think anybody necessarily agreed with him on that, and he wound up giving up the role, and that's how it became a one off, and uh, allegedly, allegedly, I'm not again, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but it said his agent told him that secret agents would be passe in the 70s, and that's he convinced him that it was. He was going to be out like he was going to be old, you know, old news. And so he mm-hmm. said, yeah, yeah, I believe that. And he gave up the role of James Bond and you see where it's come today. And boy, whoops. He had a nickname. They called him redundant George. So, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that says anything about his tenure as Bond. I mean, that's true. Actually, the way he he got the role was he heard that he was a model, male model, yeah. and he had heard that they're looking for a new James Bond. So he went down 
he was in London. He went down to Savile Row, got one of Connery's suits they didn't use in one of the films, bought a Rolex, went to Eon's offices. And as soon as the chick like turned her head, he like jetted upstairs and like walked in the Cubby Brocky's office and um, basically said like, hey, I heard you're looking for Bond. And then they started asking, where have you acted? And he just started naming off random places he's never acted before. Fake that, it till you know. make it. Yeah, Take it till you make it. <laughs> Literally the epitome of this. Yes. Gotta so, love the non-internet. Days. I know. Yeah, you can get away with murder back in those days. No fact have checks. a very different life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, fun fact. I spoke with George Lazenby's agent today. I did actually you? did. And guess what? Really? He doesn't do podcasts. Oh, <laughs> really? darn. darn. That's what he told Almost. me. Almost. Oh, man. When I got that, I was like, uh-oh. What about, you? what about YouTube's? Yeah, I should ask. Him. Well, did you did you guys see the documentary about him on uh, on Amazon? The uh, the Hulu one, uh, become or um, what is it? Uh, is it Hulu? Yeah. Maybe becoming James becoming, Bond or whatever. Becoming Bond, yeah, or be- yeah. yeah. That, that movie's fantastic. Ooh, that documentary hilarious. is crazy, and when oh, you yeah. see him on screen, you're like, this dude is also equally crazy, yeah. even in his age. Yeah, he's like insane, but like in the most like visceral, like ego-driven way like hyper-masculine yeah. way it's kind of like you kind of have to respect it yeah. well just it was... be like i'm just gonna you know bull rush an office for a major studio executive and just lie to his face that i am who i say i am mm-hmm. and and then and then get the role like it's it's epic it's bro's, epic. bro's gonna love these little side stories I'm about to tell real quick so like mm-hmm. two side stories when they were testing him to be bond they weren't sure because he was a male model back then if he was straight or not so they sent a eon sent a woman to his room that night to report if he was straight or not <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so like clearly he uh he he passed the test and then um once he got the role while he was filming he walked into a gun store and the guy just sold him a gun because he was james bond wow so he came back on set and just started shooting bottles with people like standing around just like because with live (laughs) rounds because he could (laughs) guy's an animal yeah the guy's legitimately an animal if you haven't seen that documentary any of you guys are listening go check it out it's you said it's on hulu lorenzo yeah it's hulu um it's called becoming bond and then the other one which um luke in my opinion, Luke, don't you think this is like a good one? Uh, the uh, everything or nothing one that yeah. that yeah. they did. So Eon released this one called Everything or Nothing, and it's on Apple TV. I think you can like rent it or buy it for like five or 10, 15 bucks or something like that. But that one covers the whole franchise up until the 50th. And oh, it's that's fantastic. Cool. That's cool. So, all right, back to bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you got, bro? What do you got? All right. So I think, hanging. I think, I think I nailed this pick. Right. And uh, I was kind of thinking parallels here. So between Lazenby and my watch pick, I wanted them to have similar attributes. Okay. So I was thinking one off, uh, maybe not so popular uh, among, you know, uh, the, the overall public opinion. I landed on, and this isn't time, this isn't period correct but I think I've got the rest. The new black and green GMT Master 2. Hear me out now, (laughs) right? It's in the vein of a classic, right? The GMT Master, it's certainly a classic, right? Check. Nobody likes it. Check. It's probably (laughs) going to be a one and done. 
check, <laughs> right? We know uh, Fleming was a Rolex guy. Connery wore a Rolex. I feel like this watch and George Lazenby could be made for each other in that right. And, and, and I feel like it, was, it would be such a transition, right, from going from Connery, who was a legendary Bond with the big crown sub, to this gentleman and his awkward, strange GMT Master 2. Mm. I think it's fantastic. I think it's uh, winning. I really do. As long as he wears it on his right hand, I'm all in. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Make it even more awkward with an Apple Watch on his left. Oh man, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> right. Obviously, like those, those the 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 actor as Bond and the watch don't exist in the same time period. Right. But but it's fine. The game Whatever. is you know it's using what you know now. It's yeah. our rules. We can make them as we go. <laughs> that's I, right. I, God it damn plays. It. <laughs> it plays. See, I. I Honestly, bro, that's fantastic because you yeah. you really you really analyzed you really do do your homework and uh, yeah because I think of that and I think who would ever wear this with a tuxedo and if it was anybody it'd be George. George. I mean, the guy did wear ruffles, right? Like he did uh, have he did he did, he he did, did have Frank the Foster shirt. I could see him doing like an American Psycho thing, but instead of with the mirror, he's just looking at the watch. Your <laughs> 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 <Fair> time. <laughs> Truth be told, I actually love the, the Rolex chronograph he wore in that film. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Schmidt, you said that was a yeah, pre-Daytona, right? Yeah, yeah. it's a pre-Daytona. It's funny enough, I was telling Bro this before we got on. It was actually the same reference of the Rolex chronograph that was submitted by Rolex for NASA testing, and it failed. Ooh, smoosh. Yeah. Funny enough, Omega. exact same watch. What? Omega for life. Omega oh. forever. <laughs> Bro, bro, like stroked the ego of the the Rocks fans, but I'm pretty sure they all left when I talked first. <laughs> yeah, come back. It's, okay. come it's, back. Okay. it's all good, you know. It's like we we get a little bit of love, we get a little bit of hate, so it, it is what it's it is. It's all good. Yeah. Like like everyone has to be so like to the neck with a knife about it. It's like they're both great watches. Like just calm down. You Schmitty, just like you what you like. They, they sold that Rolex at Christie's. Do you know that? Which one? They auctioned that one. The Rolex. The, the one that la- the Lazenby one 41,000. Oh, that's oh, a steal. Well, I was just right. saying, that seems decent, right? That's what that's I'm saying steal. about this. I would, this uh, they, Daniel they, Craig, that's even slash... under market value for like probably what it is normally. I was gonna say, what is the going rate for a yeah. <laughs> Well, that one I've found for like 38 to 50 range, and depending on condition, but I mean, yeah, I mean, that's that's. It's kind of embarrassing. Honestly. I would have yeah, lifted the paddle on redundant George's Rolex pre Daytona. They were like, Lazenby wore it. Discount. Discount. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's, we're going to pay you. That's pay. good. That's good. <laughs> I mean, but it's kind of true because I'm looking at it right now on the on the internet. A normal Rolex pre Daytona 6238, which is what that reference was. Mm-hmm. 6238. It's going for 58000 yeah, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd do that. So somebody Eek. bought a screen-worn George Lazenby Bond hey. watch for undermarket value. <laughs> hey, bro, name Boys. it over Sounds there. Right. Hit the nail on the head. He's Sounds right. right. <laughs> they literally go, hey, this is James Bond. What? Sean Connery wore that? No, George Lazenby. Oh, I feel like that'd no. be like an episode of The Simpsons or something, and Homer's like at a watch store buying something. <laughs> yeah, all episode long, he's thinking he's buying James Bond watch, and then he, yeah. he gets there, and George Lazenby sells it to him, and he's just pissed. <laughs> he's like, oh, man. <laughs> I actually uh, went to the car dealership today with my dad, who was picking up his his new car, and uh, the salesman had a Rolex Datejust on from the '90s. I was like, "This is a beautiful watch, man." And he's like, "I almost bought 
a Daytona a few years back. And I'm sitting there, I was about to say, what was it? 14, 15, 16 grand. It's like, it was uh new, it was 9,000. I'm like, yeah. you are out of your mind. Why did you not do that? Because well, people don't know, man. Just dumb. Just dumb. Back, back in the day, people just didn't know. Nope. And what, what are you going to do? Mm. That's so, that is so funny, though. You want to know his reasoning? 38, just under retail. I want to know his oh, reasoning. His reasoning, you, all, all of you guys are going to log off. His reasoning was Doesn't when he's sitting at work. What's that? <laughs> no, I was going to say, because a, a Daytona, as, as cool as it is, to watch people, the iconic Rolex has a Cyclops and a, and I would say a fluted bezel. And I don't think we right. get either one of those on a Daytona. So, right, no. right. No, his reason, that would be good reasoning. His reasoning was <laughs> when he sits at the desk, he's like, because the Daytona doesn't have a date. So I like having the date when I'm sitting at my desk. I'm like, you've got a computer and a cell phone. And then he goes and he's like, and I, I'm here a lot. So if I'm not here, I'm at home. So when am I going to wear it? I was just like, buddy, you and I went from being best friends to I don't know who you are anymore, and I'm going to leave. Yeah, that's a that's a guy. He that, just lost uh, his car sale. Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> he almost did because of the yeah. rims. I was like, if my dad was a car guy, he would get out. He would skirt on out of here. Yeah, that's an inside joke. <laughs> no, see, that's, that's the funny. thing that drives that's me crazy. Funny. Is like, uh, I love when people go, "Oh, well, it doesn't have a date, so I don't like it." I'm like, I'm like what that's why you've got a day date it's got oh, the day and the date like is it that like are you that crushed hard, that that complication is missing yes is, i've never my heard favorite, that. my favorite in the comments yeah, all the time pass hard pass i'm like nobody was asking for your opinion bro <laughs> i've never heard that everyone I, I mean i can tell you like hundreds of times i've read comments on my page about the no time to die needing a date and i'm like you are out of your fucking mind Oh God, there it is. Oh, I thought that was my could, bag. Babe, I, could, babe. I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't hold it like back. 40 minutes in. All right. That's not uh, bad. I think I did pretty good. Luke's still going, but Luke's you're still going. You're out of your mind. Like, like that watch is it. It's perfect as it is. If you put yeah. a date in there it messes with the whole aesthetic of the watch. Absolutely. And the original didn't have dates either. Exactly. Well, Rest I mean, everything that it's made out of in the whole you know ultra lightweight design you this is a this is a tool watch no one's going to be like you know what doing what he's doing it? and being like but it is the 19th right <laughs> <laughs> but it is but it is the 19th i'm only That's cleared funny. to kill on on odd days it'd be I'm funny a, if I'm 100 like a, meters underwater oh yeah <laughs> what, what day is it <laughs> did q say he was picking me up today or tomorrow so who's next uh, I think it goes back to me, Roger. I, I I want to get mine out of the way quick. That's why. Yeah. So uh, no, no love for the more. Uh, my you know what? For for is I'm hoping my my picks for Roger are gonna hit as well as my picks for Sean because I definitely went the complete opposite direction for for Roger. Okay. Exciting. Based on and and I I I when I made these picks, I really dove into two things. One, I looked at the type of watches he wore during his tenure, which was all Seikos and all digital. Yep. And my, I absolutely hate, and that's the nicest way I can put it, the Hamilton Pulsar he wears in Live and Let Die. <laughs> so I have not only picked one watch for, for him to wear as just his standard sports mo model, but I've also picked a replacement for that hideous, heinous paperweight of a watch. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I have kind of a feeling I might know which one of them is. 
but oh no no I'll tell you. i want to see i want to see no i'm not gonna you... say it really or you want me to say it i want you to say it i want to see if you see if you i'll tell you if you're right well when you said so well i mean the seiko thing threw me you're right obviously but the seiko aspect of it threw me but when you said digital is it a breitling no, I didn't do any digital, and I stayed on brand. So everything right. I picked was an Omega. Okay, well, that's right. Omega Bond watches. Uh, I, you guys, is he going to win an X thirty three? I wish. I wish that Schmitty, his face could be seen right now because he looks like a kid in the candy store that can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> I mean, he excited. was just I'm talking excited. about he was just talking about space and watches at the same time. Okay, so True. I will start Pretty with the Pulsar. Sure I just saw him take out a box of tissues and. <laughs> light a candle but... <laughs> you forgot the mead music boys and the lotion why am i picturing four-year-old virgin right now <laughs> schmitty places the lotion in the basket <laughs> okay so I'll, I'll start with the one that i picked to replace the pulsar so my pick was in 1973 omega flight master reference Ooh. number 145.036 it's a caliber 911 manual line the dimensions are 43 millimeters and the case thickness is 15 millimeters. So we're talking about some wrist presence with this watch, just Thick like Pulsar. Thick mm, boy. boy with two C's, baby. So Tom Hanks, reason, baby. The reason I picked this watch is because it reminded me a lot of the watch that Sean Connery wore in Thunderball, the Breitling Top Time. Um, it has a very similar case design. Yeah. However, I hate digital. So this was my way of combating that with something that had the vibes of the seventies, but also is a chronograph in the same, same breath. So this is a way to elevate the watch that was worn in that scene. This was your replacement for the pulsar. Yeah. This like screams big tuna to me though. (laughs) You know, it's got know. a where, big where are you tuna. at, Schmidian, bro? Where, where are you at on this one for a it's replacement? For got a big tuna face on it, man. That's a big old face, is it not? I mean, it is. This is a. I mean, have you guys ever seen one of these in person? It's an oh. epic watch. It is literally an epic watch. And what's funny about the Flightmaster, a lot of people don't realize, is there's actually two different dial configurations. One of them had the orange accents. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This one. I don't know if you guys can see that. Yep. And then and then the other one had yellow accents. Yeah, not that one. <laughs> well, the reason why I bring this up is because the watch itself is very cool. The Flightmaster with the yellow accents was actually designed to be worn by pilots that did nighttime flying because they could see the watches in low light cockpit settings. Because the the, the pigmentation that they used on the dials was actually it actually had so much more uh, contrast and was able to be seen better in low light conditions. So there was designed specifically for pilots in mind. Um, but this watch is so 70s and Roger mm-hmm. Moore is just like chest hair and 70s. And like, that's just <laughs> what he, this is, this is literally a perfect watch for his character. Oh, that's because, a, yeah, it's a fantastic choice. And, and I love it too, because overall him as a bond, he was a very funky bond but very also like playful in his acting and his demeanor Mm -hmm. he was obviously a serious character but he had a very whimsical way of approaching the character this to me seems in that same way like it's a very serious watch 
but the way it's created is a very whimsical, fun way to do it. And I, I don't think I could have ever come up with this myself. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of shocked that I didn't he's, think about it. He's on fire. Oh he's man, fire. this is a great pick. So, so I'm bad. Uh, I'm three for three right now. Okay, so I got two more bats here. We'll see if I close out real good. So the other model I picked for him, the nope. other sports model, was a 1973 Omega Seamaster automatic automatic chronograph, reference number ST176.007. And it's a caliber 1040. Oh, I love these. And it's a 40 millimeter case size, uh, 15 millimeter thick. So it matches the last model. It's a, it's a thick boy. It's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got a lug width of 22 millimeters. So we're talking about more presence still on the wrist. However, yep. I thought the blue and the way it would look with Roger still seventies look, but still has that kind of Speedmaster vibe to it without being a Speedmaster. Yeah. And that was what I was really trying to avoid. And it has a date. And it has a date. <laughs> it's it's got got the date. date. What are we going to do with the date? There you go. <laughs> what are you going to do? You get a chronograph and a date. Boom so this is this is this this watch is cool too man i love these watches i thought these would be perfect picks for him and it would be refreshing other than seeing him wear 12 different you know mcdonald's collect all digital casios (laughs) that he wore (laughs) you know like these these are a gentleman's watch it really speaks to roger and like how he portrayed himself very fun with the color you know a little blue so you're getting out of the realm of like being super formal like Bond normally is, but mm. I thought it was just close enough that it would be okay on his wrist during his action scenes. So oh, that's yeah. why I picked this one. Yeah, I love these, honestly. I, I just, they're so funky and extremely 70s because of all the asymmetry going on. Yeah. And I'm a big fan of the Omega handsets. I mean, even with the last watch pick and this one, any, any of their, you know, Alaska projects or um, flight masters or Ultraman, like all of their cool handsets I'm all for. And this is, you know, no exception here. It's just a great watch. It's there's so much going on, but it's, it's put together well. And like I said, it's asymmetrical. So it's almost displeasing to the eye, but they put it together in such a way that it's um, amazing. And, you know, it's tastefully done. Yeah, exactly. For not being symmetrical. It's it, it, and I'm big on that. Like that's yeah. one of my things. I can't like, oh, but it just when I looked at it, I was like, you know what? This would work just right for Roger. So, and you know what's funny? You picked two very iconic watches for Omega. Did you know they actually have a version of this where both of those watches like had a baby and created a watch? Oh lord! <laughs> wow. So if you if you if you guys have your computers up and you can Google this, it's the Mark Three reference number is ST one seven six. Zero 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 two. It's literally the same dial from the one you just talked about, put into a flight master case. Oh my god! Well, I think this is the perfect watch here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if Roger only had to wear one, this would that be would be the one. one. It would be yeah. that. You know, this the one you picked, Lorenzo, reminds me of the Tissot that he wore. Yeah, that's what it was kind it's of got in my a, head very, a little bit. Yeah, it's got a very similar. Oh uh, yeah, I know. Wait, didn't the visa date the yeah. visa date or visa date? Yeah, yeah visa date. Yeah, yeah. The mark. Yeah, the mark T. Yeah. All right, you ready for the dress watch? Let's see if I can if I can go perfect here. This was a really really wide pick, but I wanted to be bold in these picks because, like I said, my watch taste has evolved. 
So I really tried to embrace the, the era and the notes of that time. So for his dress watch, I picked a 1971 Omega DeVille Emerald reference number MD 511.0379. It's a caliber 625 manual line. And the beauty of this watch was the emerald cut um, crystal. crystal they put on top. So this watch was designed by renowned jewelry designer, Andrew Grimma. And he was not about watches. And after being convinced in 1969 by, let's see, I have it written down. Um, the director of production, Robert uh, Forster, Grimma was commissioned to design a collection of watches for Omega that would come to be known uh, uh, as the About Time Collection. So he designed a watch specifically for Queen Elizabeth. So these were part of the collection and they were a major hit when they came out. So I thought this being on Roger's wrist would be the perfect way to nod to not only London, but also the fact that it was so luxurious at that time in very seventies and it's, it's look and design. I mean, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm speechless because <laughs> this guy over as, there as, as somebody who is an, a, a well-known, well-talented Omega fan, Again, I would have never picked this watch, but it makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And if you guys are Googling, if you are listening to this and you're Googling this watch, the most crazy thing about this watch is literally the multifaceted crystal. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's cut like an emerald. Yep. And I mean, obviously, hence the name, but it's just like it's such a cool design. Very, very esoteric, very obscure watch. And they made them in so many different variations. They had, yeah. you know, rectangular versions, you know, sideways or, or upright. There was tonneau-shaped cases. Like, there was so many different variations of this with different funky dials. And, again, very 70s, very gold, woven mesh bracelets, like everything you can imagine. Literally, like, the 70s in a shag carpet throw up, and this is the watch that <laughs> it created. Um, it's glorious. <laughs> it's, it's epic. It's epic. And such a good choice for a dress watch for for more. You, I think you knocked it out of the park, Lorenzo. One hundred percent. Thank you. Congrats. <laughs> I put some work into it. <laughs> I, yeah, really I, I, I got to give you credit. Not a uh, yeah. Not going this the old straight and narrow with uh, some vanilla stuff. You really brought brought a little heat here. I love it. Well, Congrats. that's very uh, that's I'll, I'll, very humbling to hear that from both you guys. So thank you. And YouTube pies on. Appreciate it. <laughs> all, all of a sudden, we're going to start seeing the Google analytics for Omega DeVille emeralds. And this is going to start climbing up. <laughs> Blow up. <clears throat> Blow gonna up. Go Everyone's going to start collecting Omega emeralds. I mean, I'm surprised they don't already. I know. Well, you know, there's so many things in Omega's back catalog that just people have just overlooked and passed over over the years. And it's it's kind of it's kind of sad. But you know what? That means that there's so many cool hidden gems out there that people have not touched yet. Facts. And, you know, good for us as collectors mm -hmm. and enthusiasts. And for all of you guys who are listening to this podcast, go out and buy this stuff. It's cool. Like, oh, who wouldn't yeah. want to have this watch? Crazy people. <laughs> you know? All right. I mean, uh, it's... No, go ahead. No, yeah. I was going to say, uh, you're actually up next. We're going to have Luke back to back here, I think. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that it's a lot of pressure. So <laughs> I'm starting with Timothy Dalton. 
And Timothy Dalton is actually my least favorite uh, Bond. What's so, your nickname for him? I can't say it on here. <laughs> so, don't try to trick me. It rhymes with. <laughs> it, it rhymes with Timmy Two Sticks. <laughs> um, so this one, <laughs> I can barely do this. I do. I crack him at some point. <laughs> um, so because he's my least favorite, I've chosen three watches. The first one is the um, Swatch Moon Swatch Mission to Uranus. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I love it. Give me the baby blue. Give me the baby blue. All right. Now that that's out of the way. So the first one, I did a new one. And I actually did the Super Avenger Chronograph 48 Breitling. Um, that would be, if you guys are really going to try to search this one, it's a one three three seven five. 101B 1A1. Yikes. So this one, yeah. So this one I chose because I wasn't the problem with I love the black tag hoyer he he wears. Um, but the problem is now that they've remade that essentially, um, I kind of wanted to stick to the, the thing with Timothy Dalton, all jokes aside, is although he is Bond, he's got a very gritty feel to him he just seems like he should be a villain so i didn't want i wanted to go luxury but i didn't want to go you know late jaeger look tour for him or something like that yeah spoiler so um this is how, why i chose this one it's still you know it's a chronographs great watch breitling's makes great watches we've seen bond wear breitling before um but that's why i chose this i think that he's got he was the first introduction of bond to kind of a darker edgier side i think craig pulled a lot from him so that's kind of why i chose this one i like it let's hear it let's hear it. i think it's <laughs> i mean can you like say the reference one more time because like i didn't get all the numbers yeah so it's i want to make sure i'm looking at looking at the right one a1 okay three three seven three three seven okay five one zero one b as in boy one a one god kill whoever made these reference numbers yeah i know it's brand new like (laughs) horrible reference numbers oh yeah yeah, it's just a modern super avenger super avenger okay so i I didn't go i didn't go too deep with this one but i did for the next one so when we get to that that is literally the worst reference number of all time it (laughs) definitely is it definitely is (laughs) that's a horrible reference number so this is the Black Dial Super Avenger Chrono. This one right here? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. No, I think this is exactly how you described him. Kind of rough and tumble, clunky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Not Brash. Too much, not too much finesse. Yep. Yeah. Right? Like, I see almost as, like, a exact, like, a stark contrast to, like, a Brosnan who is, like, smooth as silk. Right. Right. Which is, and that's that's interesting, too, bro, because I didn't choose them purposely um, because of the the stark contrast, but it's actually going to make the fact that I'm going back to back a lot. I mean, you'll just see, you know, if for some reason the listener doesn't know the difference between these two men, you can just tell by the watch choices sure. pretty severely. I love the watch. I just can't stand how Browning does those like non straight lines on their bracelets. Yes. That would drive me absolutely yes. bonkers. That does drive me nuts. Holy God. <laughs> does drive me nuts. I'm getting anxiety just looking at it right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Didn't they you know, do that with the guys? Too? Some guys is hitting delete on this podcast episode. He's like, absolutely not. How dare you insult my bright link? This is beautiful. <laughs> no, it's a. I love the case, but you'll lose me on the bracelet in the center. It's okay, links. brightly makes different straps and whatever you can. Set Thank God. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna yep. say how they sell watches. Get a leather strap on there. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Brightling. I know you make some really nice timepieces, but that bracelet just hurts my eyes. Yeah, you cru- the Rulo bracelet crushes it. This one I'm not. So yeah, sure. the Rulo's the Rulo's far superior. Oh, yeah. the one that looks like little bullets. Lined oh, up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the low is is kind of is kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I tried the new one yeah. on. Oh my god, it, it just, was a gigantic watch too, and it still fit amazing. Just yeah. when I think they can't get any dumber, they go and do something like that and totally redeem <laughs> and themselves. Totally redeem themselves. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many movie references and things Love in this it. episode, so I hope you guys are enjoying Easter this one. eggs. Easter eggs, yeah, exactly. I just hope Bro makes a meme out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Am I am I going? Am I so I do have a second for him? Go nuts! Yeah. So this one, similar to similar to my paisan over here, I wanted to give him um, a leather strap watch too because just it, it truly is something about Timothy Dalton wearing a luxury watch. Just kind of it is strange to me. You know, he didn't get the Omega. He had the all black Tag Heuer. It's just not something I see. But this one. It's another Breitling, but this is a 1962 Breitling Navitimer Cosmonaut, reference number 809. So this this one, I love these. I'll love these forever. I think they're, I mean, the face is busy as it could possibly be, but that's the whole point. I think this is one, when I see him, you know, this is one where I can actually see him wearing this tuxedo or no tuxedo and just letting it get absolutely beat to crap that's that's why i chose this one it's still luxury watch it's still you know it's chronograph it's it's you could dress this up or you could dress this down and i think it could take a real beating and i think as a as a tool watch i think it also kind of provides what he would need and this was a bond watch right a Navitimer was. I don't know if it was this exact one, but there was a Navitimer, yeah. Because it was in Thunderball. No, that's the top time. The one I was talking no, no, about. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the one that Bond himself wears. Oh, you mean... Um, the pilot. Oh, when yes. When they steal yeah, the yeah. nuclear warheads. That's right. Because right. so if I remember correctly, they kill the pilot mm-hmm. and they basically impersonate the pilot with, with the bad guy. Oh, yeah. you, were com- you were completely right. And not, there's a 1965... Or 1967 Navitimer 806. Okay, so 806, so not 809. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So mine's right, a 62 809. Yeah, you're terrible. <laughs> you're terrible. How, Bro, how can I fire forget all of these little esoteric <laughs> things that keep in my brain over the years? <laughs> Embarrassing. Schmitty, you're out. Random <laughs> already already out. Just, just done. Get out. Just done. Now, Schmitty, I'm pretty sure we brought this one up on the pod before. I can't remember I where. So. But I, I do so. remember I was talking about, I, I remember, I think I called it the double jet. It's called the twin jet yep, logo. That's right. And it's, I, it's one of my favorites. But I mean, you could absolutely see Bond rocking this. I mean, the Navitimer is an all time chronograph. There's yeah. no way to, to, to knock it in that respect. Right. I mean, I think yeah. it's the iconic Bond is iconic. Can't miss. And Breitling, yeah. and Breitling literally just relaunched this watch like earlier this year in a yeah. new version. And, and the so. thing with this one is, as I was looking at it, I can't picture anybody else wearing it, any other bond. 
I don't see any other Bond actor being able to pull this one off. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Very A1 watch for sure. Yeah. All right. Is it Brosnan time? I guess oh, it's yeah. Brosnan time. This is and this is your silky favorite Bond, time. Right? He's my favorite Bond. Drop He's my panties. So we're gonna start with so I've got one new, one vintage, somewhat deep cut. You guys will know it, bud. So we'll start with the new. It's Patek Philippe 5740 slash 1G Nautilus. Okay. So this one, because then once again, Brazen is the only bond I can see where a Patek. So I chose this one because for starters, he's more of a modern day bond versus Timothy Dalton. And when you compare him to Daniel Craig, I think this is a little too, no offense to my, my boy DC, but I think this is a little too highbrow. I think this is very Brosnan. Um, I needed to give him, you know, I'm look, I'm thinking GoldenEye, Monte Carlo, this watch. That's, that's kind of the mindset I have with this one. Um, and I'm pretty sure Brosnan in real life is a big fan of these as well. So that was a little bit of a cheat, but that was number one. I could definitely see that. And you know what? I could definitely see this obviously as a Nautilus, he can wear it to the pool for when Mrs. Doubtfire hits him with the lime. That's right. Run by fruiting. (laughs) It's a run by fruiting. (laughs) It's just, you know, this is a very Brosnan watch. I don't, I don't see another bond actor being able to pull it off. I mean, Connery as, as suave as he was, he was still, you know, for sixties, he was still kind of a bit of a badass. You know, and yeah, this is a little too highbrow for him as well. Roger Moore, too playful for something yeah, like this. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And and again, you know, this I'm, is this is a paddock, you know, mm-hmm. and then specifically a Nautilus, the sport Nautilus. But you're right. I mean, and the thing too, when you think about Pierce as like an, an older actor, more distinguished gentleman, even still today, mm-hmm. every time I see him, as old as he gets, he's still bond. Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it's just like it, it. He has that untangible suave ability about him that he literally is James Bond, whether he's playing the role or not. Yeah, I and mean, I think, I think that this is a, a time he's that perfectly encapsulates that. He's a very sophisticated person in his Brioni suits with his amazing ties. Right, and this is a watch that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, if you saw the the GQ 10 essentials with him and he he's talking about slippers. They're like Bottega Veneta slippers. I'm like, they're not, those aren't slippers Pierce. He's like, I can't believe I'm talking about slippers. I'm like, you're not. Ugg makes slippers. Dockers make slippers. Those are a home for Costco. Sell yeah. slippers. <laughs> bro, I can, see, I can see you're looking I bro dinky. I feel like you're, you're aching to say something. I feel no, like I just, I just, I, I keep looking at this watch. I, I think, Pierce as Bond sort of oozes debonair and this watch yeah. oozes mm-hmm. debonair. And I, yeah. like you said, I think he's the only one that could probably pull this off. But as I think Lorenzo, we talked about this the last time you were on that he was our bond growing up yeah. before yeah. you knew that there was a history or that there was more than one. He was bond. And, and like Schmidt said, whether he's playing him or not, he's still bond. The hair is never out of place. Never. Right? Even today. 
<laughs> right? And he's yeah. just the guy is just he's muddy. That's all it is. And, and this so watch money. just it, mm-hmm. it it exemplifies who he is. So I think it's a great pick. Yeah, There's so money you don't even know. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Don't Another really movie reference. <laughs> yeah, keep roll. And like but, I mentioned like, earlier, with the <laughs> the whole mannerisms thing, I think you know, and Lorenzo knows. We're both 90s, you know, you're a late 80s kid, right, Lorenzo? 89? Yeah, 87. Yeah, I Old. mean, still still a Brazen kid, for sure. Yeah. And it's oh, yeah. like, 100%. you know, you look at the price tag for this watch, which is absurd. Yeah. Name one other, if you're looking at the actor as Bond, how many of those guys are going to buy something like this? No way. No, no way. Well, Especially maybe Daniel, in- maybe, but I, not from the standpoint of spending that kind of money on something, yes. Sure. Pulling it off? No. Probably not. He is no. more like, I would say his taste is definitely more trendy and modern and yeah. wearing throwback watches and yeah. vintage yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So he's more a traditional watch collector, I would, right. I would place him as. Right. Right. Aquanaut, maybe. <laughs> That's Aquanaut. right. Let's That's go. right. All right. So my last one, and I'm hoping this is my... Read really slow because I... <laughs> I'm typing on my phone. The last one was like four letters. <laughs> Perfect. Um, this one, believe it or not, is Lovato. No, it's only <laughs> it's only six numbers, so you're gonna be okay. Okay. So this one, I've got high hopes, fellas. I've got high hopes. I'm really hoping to earn the trust of the panel here, and and the wrist cheese boys and the listeners. This is this is me doing the ultimate homework on Pierce Brosnan. Okay. So this is a Jaeger Lacatur Reverso Squadra Ronographed GMT 230.2.45. Okay. You need to, the name was super long. <laughs> just so, type in just type in JLC 230.2.45. So this is a reverso. It's technically a rose gold, but it definitely just looks hell of a lot like gold. Yeah. It's this a is chrono, right? Yep. And yeah, chrono. That's the one. Chrono GMT. Alligator leather strap. This this gives me Thomas Crown Affair, Pierce Brosnan vibes up the butt. I just feel like first off, the price point is something that you could see Bond get away with, and you would definitely see Brosnan do. Yeah. I, it's it's a vintage. I'm trying to think of the year here. Let me see if I can find it. I can't, which is just wonderful. And it's different than your typical reverso. Your typical is more narrow, longer. This is more this is more square than rectangular. It's a little bit bulkier. Beefier. Yeah. So this one I chose because I think the typical reverso is just a little too dressy and nothing wrong with that. But this is one where if he's wearing it with like, you know, once again, I'm thinking golden eye and he's got on a sweater and, you know, something he can wear it and it's not too black tie, but still just incredibly highbrow, but still not Nautilus highbrow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it just, you know. It's got the chronograph. It's the GMT. So it's got everything you could possibly want for Bond. It's got the date. Back to the date. We've got the date. And, uh, <laughs> the date. We do have you know, a this, date. We do have a is, date. This is my this is my dress watch for Pierce Brosnan. That's it. That's it. For I, me. I still haven't found it. Can you send it to me? 
Python. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just the JLC 230245. Just type in that. Don't put the periods. Don't do anything. It's just 230245. It's a red gold, white dial, Arabic number, reverso, chronograph, big date. Okay. Okay. I I I think I got it. Yeah. See, the biggest thing for me with this one is, and, and Lorenzo knows me very well. These are two brands that I don't talk about hardly ever, just yeah. because of mostly, first off, the Reverso is probably the closest, I mean, as iconic as the Reverso is, I'm not a polo player, so I'm not like trying to Reverso my way, you know, around the field. <laughs> but pierces. Yeah, yeah. But pierces. But it's like with this one too, like I said, with it being more square instead of rectangular, it's a little more down the path of traditional, a little more my style. I actually think he's worn this one in real life too at some point. And um, it's just, you know, I don't, you know, if I was going to go, if I was going to go reverse, it would have to be more like this one. And this one is actually one I didn't even know existed until today. I didn't realize that they had one that had more of a square than a rectangular face. That's cool. Yeah. And I'll say this, as far as watches sort of in this vein go, it's sort of down that path of the traditional reversal of Cartier tank style. But mm-hmm. I think... The little pieces, the extra complications, the more sort of uh, robust square shape gives it that masculinity Yep. that, you know, we talk about how Brosnan is very well put together and very suave and very smooth, but he still oozes masculinity to me. He's not like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? He's not like, a, like, I would still never try to take him in a fight being like, oh, right. this guy's soft. You know, he's still a badass at the end of the Mm -hmm. day. And I I think that kind of nails it in that regard. See, and you hit the nail on the head because I looked at the Cartier tank and there's no way you're getting bond with the Roman numerals. No way. So that immediately, immediately X that. And this exact like bro, a plus, because this is more, you know, they always compare the two, the reversal and the tank, but this is closer to the tank than your typical reversal because of that square face. Yeah. So, Kudos. I love it. This like literally is almost the route I went for my Sean pick. Almost. I was looking at the, uh, it was like a 60s um, Omega. It was like D6682. So like Sean, I can see wearing just a typical Reverso. So yeah, it's it's it was actually the watch that JFK wore. I thought it was <laughs> like very simple, very you know, oh, like understated. Yeah, 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 I was yeah. like, yeah, mm, I wanted to go that route, but then I was like, mm, I can't do it. Yeah, I thought it was just too much power. JFK and Sean Connery wearing the same watch. I was like, <laughs> the world's not ready for something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guys, I'm not going to lie. I can't do this podcast because I'm just like trying to buy something right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that one you said. Welcome to our world. We talk about watches. Yeah. It's like, all right. Lorenzo, your last watch, it was on Crown and Caliber for 2500 I was like, that's not bad. That's not <laughs> bad. Just do it. Provocative. Oh yeah, it was like starting at, starting at $100 a month with a firm. I'm like, I can get a group. We're yeah, doing it's it's just fine. Do it. It's fine. We're doing whatever. It. Whatever. You, you just ask for forgiveness later before you're still yeah. married. Yeah. Okay. So I guess both. I guess uh, I got to round it out. Huh? Take it home, Schmidt. Home with DC. Um, okay. So uh, DC, honestly, one of my favorite bonds ever. Um, 
you know, I grew up in the in the Brosnan era as well. And he was certainly my bond to begin with. But DC really kind of stole my heart, if you if you will, just right. because of the rawness, just mm-hmm. because of the rawness that he brought to the character. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Brosnan was very suave, very debonair, as you guys have talked about. But but DC, that opening sequence in, in Casino, yeah. where he's just fighting people, he's murdering everybody in this embassy, he's like throwing people off buildings, like just the, the literally the anti-suave bond. Trying to earn his double O, you know, that kind of whole thing. I felt like he needed something that was the tool, the tool watch. And I think over his entire tenure as Bond, it's kind of been what he's been looking for. And I know from DC that he didn't particularly love the 300 meter, but the 300 meters really were the Bond connection and Omega start. So I I had to go with an Omega myself to, to steal a page out of Lorenzo's book. But specifically, I wanted something that was stealthy. <laughs> so I picked yeah. the No Time to Die, and that's it. That's the show. Yeah, Thanks see for coming on, everyone. See you later. See you guys later. Schmitty, great pick. So I wanted to pick something that was stealthy, that was sleek, very much of modern materials and, and creation. And so I chose the Seamaster 300-meter black black i was gonna say it's the stealth black i do yeah it's this watch to me when it came out last year was a home run watch and i know that there's not been a lot of people who have seen this watch in stores for whatever reason omega's been really holding back deliveries of this watch um i don't know why um everyone that i talked to have not not seen one but this watch i have seen in person and it is absolutely amazing the color, the finishing, and everything like this is this to me is and should be the next generation Type C Master. You know, we started Daniel Craig's tenure with a 300 meter in Casino. We finish it with a 300 meter in a new material in Titanium. If I was going to put him in a new watch, I would want that both of those ideas to be replicated again in something different. I would want a 300 meter, but in a new material and do it in ceramic. And I think. That is something that's kind of maybe what's going to happen for the next bot. And, and I hope that it does, because I think Omega is at that point now where you need diversity of material in that collection, too. And I think this would be certainly a, a great watch, not only for Daniel Craig, but maybe for a future bot. Um, so that's me. That's my pick. Um, I think it's an amazing watch. I've seen it in person. And if you haven't, go check it out. It's probably the sexiest all black watch I've ever seen in person mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's it. That's the one I got. Schmitty, you're turning me on so much right now. I was going to say, I'm about <laughs> to take hitting my watch off. Put, I need to put my Seamaster on, man. Oh, my oh God. man. You're hitting all my favorite notes right now. I almost new, put Dalton new materials. In this I, new, I didn't. Oh, yeah. I know. This I, is what you want. I was watching your video that you did with David Zaritsky. Shout out to David at the Bond Experience. But I, I love the fact that you brought up the ceramic and the GMT and the Planet Ocean. But I think this one's just a little bit sleeker. It's a little no, bit thinner. No, I, I agree. You know? The only reason I didn't pick this one was the because I just know when it comes to the like being able to read it in a, in a stealth situation, that's what everyone's going to bring up. And that mm-hmm. that's the part where I almost like bucked from it because of that reason. That's and, what the markers are for. And And you know what, though? If it's anything like taking a page out of Pierce's book, we get trapped in a little 
snow balloon thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hit a to button it. and the dial mm-hmm. glows itself. It's like, get out of yeah. here. Little but movie no, magic folks, never heard anything. Omega will not sell it with that button. <laughs> I almost true. put Dalton in this, but That's you hit the, you said it. You said it, Schmidt. Sleek. It's too sleek for too sleek for Tim. It's not yeah, uh, love that it's not rough enough for Tim. Lorenzo, I do think it would be an epic troll though if they had Connery lift the wrist up with the lighter. And it's an all-black watch you can't read. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would, dude, is, I, that, I, is that the Omega I, Bond I, watches and Brodinky meme that we didn't know I, we just collected I, on? I think that one's coming. I think there's a few coming from this episode. Make I it. Think there's, there's that would be make it. That would be hilarious. Oh, man. I, it's funny because you said like a lot of people haven't seen it. Two of my friends own them. I sold two of my friends this watch, and I've had a lot of time with this watch. And... Mm-hmm. It's just so different. That that's the best way I can describe it, and it, it's, it's just so good. Like like yeah. I, I can't even. So my one buddy, he did not like the rubber strap. He's like not about that life. And I was like, all right. So what do you want to do? And he did it on a Cordera deployment. Uh, Speedmaster. It is just. And there's a couple of pictures on my page I posted back when he got it, but it just makes it look so good. Like, like throw it on the Spectre. Spectre Very NATO. T- Look incredible yeah. on the Spectre NATO. Ooh. Well, I mean, because and, and there's a standard one that's in the ceramic titanium, and it comes on the on the five stripe gray and black NATO. Yep, it's it's not mm. quite as all black. That's the one I thought you were gonna pick. I mean, I I love that one, but I just for for me, this one is just it's so different than yeah. anything else that that DC's ever worn. Yeah, and I think it's it's the next evolution for what should be considered. For maybe a new generation of Bond watch. Yeah, Omega's got it on their site right now on that brown Navo Napa leather strap. <sighs> Even that, dude. It's yeah, like it's like new realms of pleasure here, guys. I know it's it's a bad problem to have. This is why yeah. watches are bad to talk about. It's a terrible problem because you always want to buy them. That's it. That's Talking about it as much with you guys and finding things you haven't seen before. Yeah, this makes it a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll see you guys in another like eight months when I'm so I've got my head in my, my high. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great pick, man. It's a great pick. Thank you. I could Thanks. see if you if you've got another uh Daniel Craig esque, you know, new actors, a younger Daniel Craig uh, that would just fit him perfectly. Just a younger, hungrier version well, of Daniel and, Craig. And what's and what's funny about this. So I mean, we've we, you and I and 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 Lorenzo have talked about this off air about who we want our next pick to be, mm-hmm. and and I'm in the Henry Cavill camp for sure. What's interesting though is it, you guys can go back. There was literally a Men's Health cover that he shot like in 2018, where he's wearing the ceramic titanium 300 meter. Oh, and Very it's nice. the it's the previous version to this one. But love it. If that's any foreshadowing to what potentially could be. I, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. All for I mean, it, it would be good for him, the 43 and a half millimeter, too. I mean, bigger dude, bigger yeah. watch, yeah. not not 47 millimeters, not something, you know, too crazy. Well, the way I understand it is Omega did that because, um, because of black being more of a slimming look, you yeah. know, with materials and stuff. They upsized it for that reason alone. Yeah, that makes sense. Some I've heard that through some people at Omega. I mean, this one I've got on is a 41 millimeter, and every time I put it on, I'm like, this is a 38 at best. What do you got on? It's that Atelier Jalapé. Yeah, right. 
Don't be jealous. There's an Aston Martin in here. You say you're not a fan? (laughs) Not a fan. Have you seen one in person? No. Oh, that's right. Shut your face. It's not my favorite. It's not my least favorite. It's not my favorite. (laughs) It's not my least favorite. Anyway, Schmitty, good pick. Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. I thought you were going to wear your diver with a NATO on it. You broke my heart. Yeah, I didn't have time. I'll put it on right now. <laughs> yeah. I thought about wearing the vintage. So there's, they're like, what are you going to like a black uh, tie after? Well, this? I mean, I guess you threw all your watches in the trash roller per that guy's request. Yeah, that's. Those <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that guy, man. Hopefully, <laughs> he's not listening horrible. to this. If you are, if you're listening to this, which you might very well be, I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> see how well wow, behaved I am my, my boy has grown up I'm so see proud how of him I, am? I have nothing that to, is not I, how I wish you down nothing on but the best we emphasis on the nothing our next episode we're starting off with that we're gonna go full rip on that one <laughs> <laughs> blunt yeah. instrument it's, style it's gonna be like a like a hangover from not swearing in this one to just unleashing <laughs> on this guy oh I feel bad for our listeners our next episode is gonna be pure cursing the whole way through yep <laughs> So no Gruens, no Gruens. You don't want to throw throw a hypothetical Gruen on Sean Connery. Again I'm surprised or? you didn't pick a Shine All there, buddy. Oh no way! No way. <laughs> Me from Detroit. <laughs> you know how I feel about Shine Town. <laughs> I've got I've got a little insider information on that business, the business side of Shine All, and it's just embarrassing. They're gonna close down, and start making mittens. they might be might be in a better position to do so i don't know i saw my first shinola store when i was in uh was it cherry creek in in denver and i sent this i sent my paisan here a photo of it and i was like i don't know if i should go in or just laugh at it (laughs) see this is the thing this is the thing in fairness to them they are you know they're assembled in detroit but they are swiss watches the problem is the price point if you're gonna spend fifteen hundred on a watch, then just go buy a tag. I'm getting a tag. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Why are you here? I'm getting a tag. That's that's one hundred percent the problem. Yeah, it told is. I almost bought a tag. I almost did. I was, was very, oh, very close to doing it. That looks a hell of a lot like the, the night diver. What? Yeah, and I told him. So I went to this event. They invited me to this event. Oh, with at Top Golf, mm-hmm. and. They had it there, and I was like, I was trying it on. I was, you know, tell my wife, I was like, God, I really like this watch. It reminds me of the old Bond one that our buddy Timmy wore. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I asked him, I was like, Do you have a bracelet to go with this? And they're like, No. Nope. And I was like, Sorry, nope. like, like, I need the bracelet. <laughs> like, I can look past the octagon, you know, bezel. I could all those things. I just. Oh, that was like the breaking point for me. I don't want to go rubber strap on that watch. I want it on a bracelet. Well, do they do they do that anti? They do the black, they the do DLC, and back yeah. then they did PVD. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean that's yeah, if you bought it. Also, yeah, if you do it with the rubber strap, just beat the hell out of it. If I'm going to spend that kind of money on a watch, I want it to be exactly how I want it. Yeah, that is true. It's it's a lot more. I don't spend three grand just to kind of like something. I spend three grand to love it. Yeah, that's uh, wise words. Absolutely. That's the beauty of collecting. That's why I never understand why someone's like, oh, I really want this Seamaster, but I'm going to spend $700 on this thing that kind of looks like it. I'm like, dude, just wait. Keep your money. Teddy Baldassar. That's the Teddy Baldassar. 
I love Teddy. Teddy's well, the man. Teddy, Teddy can get whatever he wants now these days. It's not a big no, deal. No, no, no. He just he he did a video and it was like top ten watches not to buy, and I thought it was literally just going to gaslight a bunch of watches, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be good, and and it was the opposite. He was just like, if you want the no time to die, don't go in and buy a Deville just because you have the money for the Deville. We're like, well, yeah. Tell me something I didn't know as I walk uh, out of the store okay, with I two Devilles. <laughs> I missed that episode. Yeah. But anybody else got anything else? Good. I feel like I feel like I want to hear more from Bro. I do too. Well, you know what's tough for me. I mean, obviously, my I took Lazenby on purpose because he's kind of like the joke of the of the bunch. <laughs> but when when I think Bond in in the roles that I've seen him in, definitely the the more Daniel Craig's and things. Thinking away from Omega, I think a company like maybe like a Zinn or something that makes some really badass watches that are meant to be, you know, for people like special forces and things like that, make a lot of sense to me. For Brosnan, you know, I can't get away from the the CMAT. That CMaster is is Brosnan to me. That's mm-hmm. yeah. that's it's so oh, yeah. hard for me to pick another watch for him because again, I grew up with Brosnan. In the game, he still got it right. You hit the pause button, and, and that Seamaster pops there. up, right? And right. You just think about, you know, you're pushing the button, you're getting the laser. It, it, it's so hard to pick another one for him. And obviously, Connery's kind of the same thing with the sub. But I did my best, bro. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> no, you guys had great picks, and I think they were they were all over the place, and they they definitely weren't like down the middle baseball that I think a lot of people go into these episodes expecting. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people probably expected some Omega, some Rolex, and they got that, but they didn't get well the, the exactly what I just said. They didn't get well the the blue Seamaster is perfect for Brazen. All I did was bring it into the present. All I did was select the newer one with the better technology in it. No, you you know you got some different takes and things. And even though we didn't weasel in a Gruen or anything anywhere, I, I think we did them uh, some justice. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm I'm glad there's no Gruen in there. I have, we, we I have started out. I have a question for you guys. So if you say Omega disappears off the face of the earth, what brand do you see taking up the mantle? I mean, I have my pick. It's been the same for the last three years, but I want to hear what you guys have. And Schmini, I know you know what my pick is. <laughs> I mean, I for sure. I mean, it's, logically it's speaking, hmm? logically speaking, there's really only two brands that could potentially make sense in a modern context, and that would be Tudor and, and or Bremont. Yeah, mm-hmm. my. I pick. was I thought Tudor immediately, as sort of just a, an Omega sort of analog. Mm-hmm. And as far as competition goes, that that's kind of where my brain goes immediately. I'm trying yeah. to think otherwise. Bro, I'm right there with you. I was tutor for sure. Price points fantastic too. Yeah. I can't get past that snowflake hand. Can't do it. I've tried. <laughs> I like him. I can't do it. Yeah, bros owned bros owned many a tutor. So I love I love their uh what is it? Their um what was it? Tom Cruise wears their chronograph in mm-hmm. uh Oh, the Ghost Monte Protocol. Carlo, the, the, the home yeah. plate. Yeah. That's actually, watch. I can't believe nobody had any IWCs today. Yeah, I'm surprised by very, that. very military. But yeah, but we're American. talking about a guy that was in the military. Yeah. 
there's not a suaveness with an IWC. Yeah, that that to me no, is very functional. No, no, that would have been a, a maybe a, another Dalton option. Yeah, I love that Bremont. That one, um, Schmidt, you told me about the one that you have to eject out of a jet to be able to get one. Oh yeah, the Martin Baker. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that watch, dude. So that cool. is just such a sick watch. Yeah, the love Martin Baker is really cool. Mm-hmm. I'd love to use that kind of uh, process and do it in like a slate gray and make that Bond's like tactical watch. Yeah, that'd be sick. Actually, the jeweler that I got my the whole uh, vintage Seamaster debacle. The jeweler that fixed that they had a pre-owned one in there it was only like thirty-eight hundred bucks. Hmm. Pre-owned what? Martin Baker. What that is, we just talked about what it is. A Martin Baker, yeah, it's the the Bremont, the Bremont Martin Baker. That's the one that's the ejection. you have to eject out of Martin. Oh, I didn't know that was the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what said it? Wait, he had one in there, yeah. Oh, yeah, no way. Swear to God, for 3,800. I could, I can try to find it. This was like a week ago. Does he still have it? We'll find out. I'll literally swipe the, I'll swipe the Amex right now for it. Does he take you a know, firm? Those things are freaking rare. <laughs> Does he take rare. a firm? Oh, my God. It's right God. here. It's right here. Is there a chat? Is there a chat in this? It's got to be, right? Good question. We've actually used it. Ask if you buy this, do not tell Cassandra. That. I'm telling her you told me to do it. No. <laughs> there you go. Well, there it is. Let's see if it's the right one. I don't know if it's the right one. Is it the right one? Oh, I'll know right as soon as I see it. See, it's popping up. It's popular. It is. No, I want the tan one. You know which one I'm talking about. Not that one. The the tan one. Come on. I mean, it's still a Martin Baker. It's still badass. Don't get me wrong. Which which technically you're not even supposed to be able to buy because exactly you, you, you can only get them for ejecting out of a martin baker <laughs> yeah. seat. so that's the only way it's qualification so you have to are you talking about like jump. the tan with the tan strap yeah tan. yeah it's the it's the newest one so I, sick. yeah i love that watch i can't even find find the chat now oh there it is no that's a sick watch i really like that one Looks like it's in good shape too. You getting commission over there? <laughs> maybe, maybe. You never know. <laughs> We're gonna get you in your no time to die. That's what's gonna happen next. All right, and with that, I think we could put a bow on this one. Uh, boys, thank you so much for joining us. Again, they are the Blunt Instrument Podcast. Lorenzo, Luke, thanks so much. Uh, Schmidt, as always. It's been a lot of fun. Um, guys, unless there's anything else, take this one out. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, Great time. absolute pleasure. Great Thanks. time chatting with you guys. Yeah, we'll have and to have you guys on ours. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, yeah. And we could, uh, you know, really rip things up over there, I hear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cut as loose as you want. That's it. <laughs> well, all right, folks. Thanks for joining us. I know this is a long one, but I think uh, it's been plenty informative and a lot of fun. Thank you for joining us on Risk Cheese Radio. We'll catch you next time. Deuces. Thanks, guys.